Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's right. It's a special edition of the Recruits Draftcast, folks. The World Juniors are finally over. We have a winner. We have crowned the United States of America as this champion, this year's champions. Um, Team Sweden brings home or keeps home the silver, should I say. And Team Czechia brings home the bronze. To break it all down, we got Rocco. We got Grant. I'm your host, producer Shane. Let's do it. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Recruits Draftcast. And with the first overall selection in the 2023 NHL Draft, the Chicago Blackhawks are very proud to select from the Regina Pats, the Western Hockey League, Connor Bedard. The sickest NHL Draft and Scouting Podcast. It's gonna be sick. All right, folks, welcome back. And yes, we are live, so leave us your comments. Let us know what you thought of this World Juniors Championship. Uh, guys, today's always a bit a bittersweet day because, sure, we get some awesome hockey, but it's also the end of a tournament that we look forward to a year in advance, and we're already talking about Ottawa next year. But uh, this tournament comes to an end with the United States taking home the gold against Team Sweden by a score of 6-2. to two. But earlier today, this morning, uh, for us, not in Sweden, but Team Czechia defeated Team Finland in a barn burner, 8-5, to five, crazy game. I missed most of it, unfortunately, but I got to see the end. Um, I mean, Finland at one point led 5-2 to two and just crumbled. I mean, Czechia scored four goals in 50 seconds, which has been verified to be a record for the tournament. And they scored two goals in two seconds to, to finish off the game. So uh, a wild, wild game for the bronze. Great, great effort by Team Czechia. Boys, what, what do we think about that game? I, I imagine the two seconds might be a record too, right? Eh? Probably. I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. <laughs> Tough to beat that one. <laughs> Jeez. That, uh, that was, um, I mean, I thought I thought Finland had it wrapped up in the second mm. period, to be honest with you, it was, uh, yeah. it looked like they were all over them. And um, I mean, their goalie had been solid pretty much all tournament. So, uh, and their defense too, uh, you know, they were playing a good structured game and just, that's the wonderful thing about the world juniors. There's, it's so unpredictable junior hockey, you know, you don't, you don't count your chickens before they're hatched. And uh um, the Czechs got got a little momentum going. I think that goal at the end of the second period was really important to uh, mm-hmm. to give them a bit of momentum and would have loved to have been a fly in the wall for that uh, intermission speech after the second period because uh, I'm sure it was a dandy because they came out flying and uh, the that Becker as they were I've been calling them Becker but Becker um, Andre Becker. Mm-hmm. Kid I love in Prince George that I think is going to get drafted this year, and I have him. I've had him 
in the rankings all year. Um, I think with three goals and two assists, you know, the scouts, if they hadn't been taking notice before that, or they, they got to have him on their, on their radar now. Cause I think he's, um, he's earned uh, a long look from NHL yeah. teams the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I would agree with that. I thought he played him particularly played, played very well. I know Grant has had more opportunity to see him this year than I have. I've only seen him once or twice, but I agree with Grant. Anytime I've watched him, he's looked at, he's looked impressive and he did, he did today again as well. And the thing with the checks, they did this all on, on special teams primarily in the, in the third period. Um, They scored one, two, one or two, five on five Mm -hmm. goals this game. And they were very, very explosive. They didn't have necessarily the most depth that a check teams ever had, but the guys that they had, they're, one shot scores and the game can change quickly as Grant mentioned that. And that's part of the fun of, of junior hockey is that the, the abs and the flows and the, the momentum swings and they're, they're young guys and they're, they're so their emotions are, are so charged. So the swings and the momentum gets amplified so much more in, in junior where we're a game that looks like it's over or should have been over. It's just mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I don't remember any hockey game world juniors or not where teams down two and wins by three in regulation. Uh, that was that was pretty that was pretty wild in a span of in a span of, of ninety seconds. You had both teams at different points with their goalies pulled, and <laughs> and that's yeah. one and that's one like this like one of the craziest finishes to a game I've ever seen. Certainly, certainly in a medal round game, uh, it was that was a ton of fun to watch and maybe not the biggest household names on either team or maybe not yet or to the casual fan, but just as a hockey fan, like that's one of the most entertaining games of the whole tournament. And it was just an awesome, awesome way to prep everybody for the, for the gold medal game. That's it. I mean, Rabal, correct me if I'm wrong, got pulled after like three shots because he let in two right right off the bat. So that's that's a goalie that's been fantastic so far. This tournament gets pulled for a guy that hasn't even seen a minute yet. And ends up winning the game for them, uh, but yeah, to see both teams pull their goalies at one point—that's <laughs> that's pretty you, special. You feel you feel for the you feel for, for sure. the Finnish goalie. Oh yeah, like to Grant's point, the kid came out of nowhere and sort of and played a, a pretty good tournament overall. Like really, he did. They weren't yeah. um, necessarily expected to make a ton of noise this year. Uh, they were two minutes away from from a medal, and you, you feel for him. That's got to be tough on him to, to play so well the whole way and the last five, six minutes of the game to kind of go down like that. But he's got to be proud of himself. He he played he played a hell of a tournament when not many people were expecting them to, to be in a position to play for a medal. That's it. That's it. No, I, every guy on that ice should be proud of themselves. But for us fans watching, uh, <laughs> as, as entertaining as they come, you know, I, I caught the end of that game and it was electric. Uh, a lot, no. a lot of fun there. Um, but you saw the best part. Exactly, exactly. No, I, <laughs> I got, I got caught up on. Uh, my dad told me the rest. He watched the whole game, but yeah, pretty, pretty exciting stuff for the bronze. But now on to the goal, the main event, the game that everybody was was looking forward to. And I think the two teams that ended up there, most people had going to the goal, like Sweden and the U.S. On paper, even before the tournament, we all kind of knew. Yeah, they're they're going to be hard to beat. They're probably going to see each other at the end. Sure enough, 
they were there. And I mean, dominant, dominant performance by the U.S. They solved a goalie that had been so good so far this tournament. Uh, Hugo Havlid, fantastic tournament from him. And they knew what to do. Uh, Sweden was just, they were never really in it. Uh, I I never saw, I never felt that like, oh boy, here they come, here they come now. U.S. always snuffed them out. They kept on top and they got the win six to two in the end, boys. Uh, you know, it's not as electric as last year's or the year before that's gold medal, you know, OT finishers, uh, <laughs> Kent Johnson and last year was Dylan Gunther, but nonetheless, uh, a pretty entertaining game and very physical, might I add. Lane Hudson is, uh, coming for Arbor Jack Eye's role as the enforcer, I, <laughs> I guess. Jeez. Yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't know, like. What was it? Three two going into the third. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you know, because Swede scored. Like yeah, Sweden scored, scored to make it three two at the end of the second. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they were in it then, you know. And if they had, if they had managed. They had some chances at the start of the third period. Yeah, they came out strong, and I, I thought that you know they were going to tie it up, but. Uh, uh, Augustine was pretty solid in nets, mm-hmm. you know, um, all tournament really. Yeah, he was sick at one point and he missed a couple games, but he came up with some key saves, uh, early in the third, especially that. And then, I mean, you, you just looked at that U.S. lineup, you know, there was nine first round picks that playing up front, I believe it was unfair. Uh, I mean, the only team that's ever comes close to matching that is Canada when, you know, in a, f- a few tournaments in the past. But, yeah, it was just, uh, um, it was an exciting game. It wasn't a 6-2 game, I don't think. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it, like if you looked at the score and thought, well, you know, they dominated, but certainly the best team won yeah. and the most powerful team. I think going into that, they – they showed the um, the goals uh, goals four at one point in the game, and it was the U.S. had scored forty in the tournament, and Sweden had scored twenty five. Uh, so it, it was tough. You could they couldn't match their five firepower, mm-hmm. and the hope was that the defense and goaltending could uh, could withstand the barrage that they ended up getting. But U.S. threw three lines at you with that all were top first round picks speed uh skill and uh they just uh it was just too much in the end they just couldn't withstand the uh the offensive firepower i i completely agree the the american team was a class of this tournament mm-hmm. this age group in particular for the americans is extremely strong it's extremely deep you have guys that are not even really getting talked about as much that are making huge plays for them. The one There was a turning point early in the third period for me. Sweden was right in it. Sweden started the game. I thought they were the better team for the first 10 minutes of that game. Uh, yeah. The crowd was really in it. They were amped up. You could tell they were jacked to play at home, motivated. And I did think the first 10 minutes of that first period, they, they had the Americans kind of on the ropes. And Augustine made a couple saves and held them in it early until things settled down. And when the Americans got the first goal, 
and they took that crowd kind of out of it. At that point, it became more, I would say, leaning leaning to the States, but a pretty even game up until the first five minutes of the third period. There was one play in particular where the puck comes and across, they're going cross crease, and Fortescue stops that play at the top of the crease, <laughs> right? And, and Augustine sprawled out of the net, and Fortescue makes that play. Well, what happens? You go the other way, you get a stoppage, and face-off, BM scores the 4-2 goal, and now all of a sudden, you're five minutes or a few minutes into the third period, the crowd's completely out of it, and the game is over right there. Yeah. For that sure. was the one. To, to Grant's point, like just the, the depth, they had three, they had three first lines, is what they really had. They had three yeah. lines who were yeah. a first line on on any team or a first or second line on any team, including Canada. Yeah. And and their fourth line that they throw out there is as good as anyone else's second. Yeah. And they're yeah. just so, so deep and so fast. And they came in waves, and you could see the Swedes getting tired, I found, because at a certain point it became the Ogren line was holding their own about 50-50 in terms of play. The Oslin line was very good. They were really, really good. And they were the only guys getting anything, anything mm-hmm. going for Sweden of any kind of consequence. And by the third period, you could tell they were tired. They were worn down because the States could roll four lines all game long, four lines, three pairs of D. It's north-south pure classic American hockey and they put on I thought after that 4-2 goal the American just completely changed they stopped being so aggressive they came back there were four guys deep there were at times one four checker for the last 10 minutes of the game really and they showed which is really impressive for a junior team because as we saw in the in the bronze medal game they're so fickle that a little mistakes can cause huge swings and I thought the Americans did an incredible job of just shutting it down and giving up nothing and just demoralizing that Swedish team through the third period, and you could the best team. The best team won. Mm. Um, yeah, Oslin played. I mean, he got that four minute. That was a turning point too. I thought certainly, uh, certainly that was that was big when he got that. I mean, like they were saying, like Mike Johnson was saying, he touches the puck and there's no penalty. Yeah. So you know, this far from uh, uh, you know it 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 not being a penalty and and Sweden still being in the game then they scored on the power play and it was pretty well the that was it you know but they, um they killed that off i, I, I the four okay, minute so, they killed off yeah okay, but it, it did right change after, the momentum though right, but right yeah. after and i mean Oslin yeah. was driving the play and he was the guy you know um um he played 23 minutes even with that four minute penalty against it would by far that line uh, played the most, like him and like Karamaki played the most of any yeah. of any of the forward units, and they did get a little tired. You saw Leonard uh, out muscle Oslund along yeah. the. Uh, I mean, even when Oslund's not tired, he probably out muscles him because Leonard's just a Leonard's a pit bull, strong, strong, strong kid, and and Oslund still needs to put on a bit of muscle. But I, uh, I mean, you you guys know how much I. I love Oslund and uh, I thought he had a heck of a game and a, and a heck of a tournament and he was full marks for uh, being the, the player of the game for Sweden again. Um, but uh, that it was, it, it was revenge for, uh, for the U S team from the U 18s two years ago uh, where Oslund scored two goals and like Le- Karamaki had three assists and uh, they beat the U.S. team that had they had twelve guys 
the U.S. had 12 guys and the Swedes had 13 guys that played in that game. So it was basically a rematch of the of the U18 gold medal game from two years ago. And uh, this time on Swedish soil, they got their revenge against the Swedes, right? But in that game, uh, the U.S. outshot Sweden 51 to 15. Hmm. Same goaltenders. Uh, Havlad obviously stood on his head that game. But the Swedes got six goals in that uh, in that match on 15 shots. Wow. So it was uh, it was sweet for the Americans to uh, to you know go back, go to Sweden on their home soil, and uh, womp them pretty good. You know, with a six-two scores. So there, you know, I, I've talked to Lane Hudson about it before, and he wanted he really wanted to get uh, get the Swedes back. And, uh, I mean, he did that. They did that on the scoreboard, and uh, he did it, you know, he did it in the alley, too. <laughs> the, uh... Yeah, he, he oh, dropped God. the gloves without dropping the gloves, but yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> like, the Swede, like, the that whole thing is a, was a complete, a complete farce. That Johansson guy had not played all game. Why yeah. did they stick him out? At, I know they were taunting the crowd a bit, and the Swedes were probably pissed off a bit, and... You could see Oskland his last two shifts, but he's just a competitive kid, and he's, mm. you know, he's not a goon. I mean, he went in and he hit a couple of guys hard in the corner, his last two shifts, and then he slashed Goche. But that that Johansson kid, what was he doing on the ice? That, that's then, that's uh, fine though to go hard your last couple of shifts. Yeah, you no, I didn't have any problem going. with that. You know, but like what what is that guy doing? Like you're getting it, you're getting a token shift at the end of a of a game that's over because you haven't played. So the coaches and I and yeah. I. I hope the coach did not put him out. I hope that was the reason. That, exactly. You know, I not, hope he just not, given not him a, because they wanted him. I, I yes. hope he didn't say go out and punch. No, because that's small that was, guy on the ice. You know, with your gloves on, because it. I mean that I lost any respect. Well, I didn't even know Johansson before the game, so whatever. I mean, I knew him a little bit, but that was bush league. Him and in time that. he'll learn. In time he'll he'll learn and he'll realize. Like everyone that's been young has been dumb at times. Oh yeah, and that's and that's, and that's a young kid making a stupid decision in a heated moment where he feels yeah. probably embarrassed on home ice. And I think probably tomorrow morning he wakes up and goes, "Okay, you know what? That probably wasn't very smart of me. I maybe don't want to be known to be this kind of player." But at the same time, good on Hudson yeah. for going back right at him and getting yeah. him mighty duck style stick glove shirt. Right over, right over the top, and taking the big guy down, standing up for himself because you don't want to get pushed around. And at least if you're Hudson, you can you can look yourself in the face and say, you know what, I'm not letting that goon get the better of me because we just got the better of him for 60 minutes. That's it. Well, I don't know. He, he didn't have much to be embarrassed about. He never played, you know. Yeah, so, fair, fair enough. I mean, the guys that were playing should be embarrassed. That he, whatever, you know. But um, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, he's a kid, and but I don't. You know, I don't use that as an excuse. That was just inexcusable, as far as I'm concerned. I'm doing that, but uh, we, I, uh, I, t I texted uh, Lane Hudson's dad during the game and asked him if he was in Sweden, and he said yes. And uh, we've got, a, I think we've got a little something there. Um, yeah, and then I, I congratulated his dad and told him that I hope he brought some band aids. As Lane is. Lane is leaking a bit. He said he has four brothers. That was mild, you know. Obviously, talking about the the scrap he had with the uh, with the Swede with the gloves on, but uh, yeah. that that was pretty funny. I thought uh, 
Um, his dad got in touch with me a month or two ago and, and said some really nice things and says that he follows the podcasts and, and uh, really appreciates all the support that we've been given Lane yeah. uh, over the year, over the last couple of years. So his dad's uh, actually originally from Manitoba grew up, uh, grew up in Man Manitoba. And then, you know, like a lot of, there's a lot of them. I think Caulfield, you know, has roots from Canada too. And mm -hmm. with them coming down and playing college hockey, staying, you know, and then the kids, I mean, you see a lot of that, right? There's a lot of kids that uh, uh, go through the U S uh, development team, especially that, uh, that their fathers or grandfathers were of Canadian descent. So, um, but that was, uh, that was pretty cool that, that uh, mom and dad got to go there and and uh youngest son lars and uh you know if you're wondering if they were worried about the, the fight or anything obviously not that you know he's like i said he's had worse scraps with his with his brothers at times oh, so you're, uh, you're getting hit with giant pillows by you, a guy yeah. out there just to just to do something. well that's kind of what it was like you know really uh i mean he already had the cut from Osland and uh, that was where I think, you know, you saw some more blood and I think it was just that got it. Well, just re reopened. Yeah, exactly. Probably so. Yeah. Well, but I didn't see when they interviewed him after uh, I didn't see any other cuts. So no, you know, but they, they you know what they, they got their, they got their revenge. They got the revenge that they've been seeking and they've been, they've been waiting. They've had this tournament circle on their calendar for the better part of two years. Cause it's, it's one thing to lose and it's another thing to really badly outplay someone and then still lose. And that's gotta be sour sitting in your mouth for such a long time. And at the end of the day, the world, the world juniors is the, is the biggest prize. So they get the last laugh over, over who really is their, their biggest rival for this, for this particular age group. Yeah, that's for it. sure. Like you, you, you guys mentioned the depth. I think all all three of us had picked the U.S. to to win this thing. You, you know, you can't have four lines. I mean, I mean, at one point they had Snugroot on the fourth. How how absurd is that? This, this one of the best scorers this tournament. He's playing on the fourth, and it's not because he was playing bad. It's because they have so many good players. At this point, you know, you you put a chimp behind the bench, and they'll still win. Uh, yeah. it, it's not even fair. Even the defense core, I mean, Hudson, Casey, um, you know, all, Kessley, all those guys. Kessley gosh, played 27 minutes tonight. Him and uh, Hudson uh, both yeah. led the uh, led the game in minutes played. Zeev Buam. I mean, this guy's not even drafted. He scored a big goal today, played fantastic. This team was, was pretty much destined to win. If yeah. they didn't, it would have been an upset. Even in net, I mean... Trey Augustine or Jacob Fowler, you pick. They'll both win you the game. Like they were, they were in such a privileged position, and they got the job done. I think they deserve the respect. Um, they, they really outplayed every opponent. The, the hardest one was it Slovakia. They went to shootouts against. It was Slovakia, right? Gave them a good See, goal, and uh, yeah, that's it. Slovakia yeah. gave them a good goal, but they still. They still won. Like they, they didn't lose a single game this tournament. The closest they got was was shootouts against Slovakia, but uh, a, a dominant, dominant team. Now, uh, Sweden, however, hasn't won a gold since 2012, and the the year the the time before that was in the 80s. 
they they've had fantastic teams at this tournament and again this year i think this was one of the better teams that i've seen in recent memory for sweden they still can't get the job done the the, the swedish slump even at home they can get it done with their fans so like what what do they need i mean at this point it's 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 a curse it has to be yeah well they weren't favored i don't think so like i certainly on paper they weren't they didn't stack up to the us i think we all like you said we agreed on that so uh it's not like they underachieved i don't no. think and i mean they they're in the game right till the last 15 or 10 minutes so um uh, you know the home crowd we've seen it in canada it doesn't necessarily you know doesn't always result in a win i mean how many times has canada lost at home in the gold mm -hmm. medal games too many times so it's it can make uh, it harder sometimes there's a lot of pressure playing at home oh of course there is yeah yeah, yeah. and i mean havlid's a 510 goalie that undrafted you know uh, i was going to mention that earlier i'm glad you, you you brought that up because as well as he's played and he's played historically good for this age group uh through every pretty much every international tournament that that he's been in he's he stood on his head but the shooters today now, 19 20 and 18 19 coming on 20 years old they're at a point now uh, as shooters where a smaller goalie can get exposed unless he is out of this world mm -hmm. talented like you look at how many goalies under six foot there are in the NHL, and you can it's it's under five always. Yeah, uh, and when he faced a team with uh, NHL caliber shooters today, that's, that's right. So you can play he got as, exposed, and you know you don't want to take anything away from him because he looks like he's going to go on to have a very very solid pro career at some level of hockey, and he's going to be an accomplished that's member of that international team for a very very long time. But these guys are some serious shooters, and there's about six or seven of them on the American team who can just absolutely rip a puck. And this is where this is why teams identify bigger goalies. They want a large athlete that they can mold into a starting NHL goalie because the smaller guys, as soon as the shooters get to a certain capacity, and the teams do, and they're going east-west as much, and the shots are a little quicker they come off your stick a little faster the decisions are done a little bit quicker pucks start going in and he he battled his ass off but the american team there's only so much you can say about him there's they're just so 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 deep yeah and i think what like just to touch on a few guys like uh that maybe were drafted a little you know, based on what we saw at this tournament and what maybe what we've seen since the draft, uh, Gabe Perot, like, he tell me that he doesn't look like he should have been a top 20 pick. Um, LaCara Mackey going 15. I don't know. I think if you did a redraft today, you might consider him. But Kulik, Kulik and Osland? Yeah. I mean, tell me that those guys aren't uh, top 12 picks if you did a redraft. I mean, Buffalo uh, fans got to be pretty happy about that. Yeah, oh, Buffalo exactly. You know, like yeah. they picked Savoy at nine, and you could easily flip either of those guys with Savoy and 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 Savoy at twenty eight, Kulik at sixteen, and Osland at nine. Like if you did a redraft today, that would make more sense. You know, crazy. But so, Crazy. but it's yeah. a, it, it's a good 
that shows why when you're rebuilding, stocking up on multiple first round picks is never a bad plan. Cause I mean, uh, you know, you don't want to have a guy that misses. So the more shots you got at it, the better, the better the odds are obviously that you're going to get a hit or two hits. Like I think Buffalo got with, with Kulik and, uh, and, and Oslin, I, I think they're going to be fine NHLers and, yeah, I had Oslin ranked second overall and uh, Kulik ranked 12th. So, you know, I uh, I mean, I'll admit it. I, I root for these guys to do well so that my <laughs> list looks good, you know. So uh, I was happy to see them, all, all four of those guys, because I gave Perot, I think, eighth overall, or we did. Well, yeah, I was, we, I was very surprised with how far Perot fell last yeah. year. And I know yeah. that's not to take away a, a darn thing from the guys who were drafted ahead of him or around him, but no, his, no his, his offensive <laughs> skill and his mind yeah. for the for the game are so strong, and he has this knack for just being in the right spots at the right mm-hmm. times. He knows where to go to get the puck at important junctures. Uh, he comes from a NHL bloodline. Okay, fine. He's not. He's not the biggest, and I'm the first guy to jump all over a guy for being small. But he doesn't play small, I don't think. And his he thinks the game so well, and he's been around the game his whole life. That to me, that's a guy that should have gone a little bit higher. And it's easier. It's easy to sit here now, a year later, and say, but you know, when you like the guy at the time too, um, there's nothing wrong with, with that. Wow. So good, good for him because he had he had a hell of a tournament. And when your team's so star studded, it's hard to stand out. And he found a way to stand out. Yeah. What what surprised me, like one of the reasons why I bring this up is because every every scout that I talked to, I that I know it in the NHL had Perot as a top ten guy. And so did I, so did Rocco. So it just I mean it it's a prime example of I bet you there were fifteen teams that had him in their top twelve. And all it takes is one like in one guy more having him one spot higher on mm-hmm. your draft list. And when it comes down to it, I bet you there were 10 teams between 10 and when he got picked, which was what? 23, 23. That, that had him like the second choice and that they waited. <laughs> and oh, no, we just, we like this guy a little bit better. So he falls and then he falls one more. He falls one more, you know, uh, like Minnesota taking Charlie Strammel instead of him. You know, that's not looking too good today. Charlie, uh, Charlie didn't even make the the U.S. Uh, team. I think he has two or three goals this year. Uh, believe he, I, I was told that he was up to two hundred and seventy pounds at some point. So the kid's got to, you know, yeah, he's got to. Somebody call uh, Bufflin and give him his title back. <laughs> What's that? Someone call Dustin Bufflin and give him his heavyweight title back. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Charlie's Charlie's going to have to. Uh, yeah, and I mean, there's lots of time, right? He's in his second year of college or whatever. But I mean, certainly today, if Minnesota had a redo on that, it'd be difficult to see them passing on Perot for for Strammel. And yeah, that's mm-hmm. the beauty of drafting 17 and 18 year old kids. You just never know. You know, you can do your homework, but you can't predict what's going to happen after that. Uh, you, 
you know, there's always going to be surprises. Exactly. No, that's it. But hey, New York Rangers, I think, are pretty happy <laughs> seeing seeing how Gabe yeah. Perot did uh, this tournament. Even today, just great performance. And and he'll probably be back with the rest of the the BC trio there next year. Can you just imagine that? Like that that that's probably going to be their first line next year. And you, you add more guys to that list. The U.S. is also going to be a, a I could, force. I could see Leonard turning pro. Um, maybe, maybe Smith. I think Smith needs another year. I, I wasn't overly impressed with. He still bothers me away from the puck. He he cheats so much. <laughs> he, <laughs> you know, he can still be pretty perimeter there. Even though you, yeah, the offensive, the offensive skill and talents undeniable, but. There's going to need to be some growth in, in some other areas of, of his game. One guy that I'd like to mention, if, if that's all right, that we haven't talked about, who I think would be somewhat underheralded at times and had a rough year last year and really is bouncing back this year, is Isaac Howard. Mm. He played a fantastic, fantastic game. Uh, I thought he was all over the ice. He was hard on pucks. He was first on guys. He was making plays happen, scored Two goals, including the game winner. Uh, I've always been a fan of his. Um, but, yeah, I think he deserves just a, a little bit of a shout-out because he played he played a hell of a tournament. Yeah, one of, one of the highest scorers in the tournament. He, he, this, guy, this guy was getting goals and the game-winning goal in shootouts as well against Slovakia. So, uh, he, heck of a tournament for him. Oh, now. He's, a skilled, he's a skilled kid. There's no doubt about it. And that's it. Yeah. Now the the uh, the IHF announced, you know, the MVP would be Jonathan Lekaramaki, Le which, you know, I have no problem with that. I think that's a fine pick. The the All Star team or the I don't know what they call it, but anyways, the three forwards, two defensemen. It's uh, it's Lekaramaki, Carter Gauthier, and Yuri Kulich. The two defensemen are Theo Lindstein and Lane Hudson, and the goaltender was Hugo Havlid. So of that is. Are you guys comfortable with that, or was there any other names you would uh, you would have switched? That's you know that's a. I might not have had Havlid as the goalie, considering I think they might make the pick a little er, the picks a little early. Like, mm. I find it funny that they make uh, the three players of the you know, then before the last games and the last two games for some teams they pick their players of the tournament. Well, what if they have a fantastic last game? You know, like why? You know, why do that early? But um, I, uh, yeah, uh, I suppose Havlid deserved it based on what he'd done up to that game. I mean, Augustine didn't play every game, so I would have probably given it to Augustine. Uh, but I mean, you can't make a huge argument for Havlid. Um, I thought Oslin was better than Lakaramaki as far as just uh I mean Lakaramaki scored the big goals but the, as far as who was driving the play who was playing well defensively who was uh you know who was the quarterback of of Sweden it was Oslin um for me he was their best player um but I might be a little biased about that too so uh, but as far as the <laughs> other two guys go, yeah, I'd say, uh, you know, did, did Cutter end up leading the uh, tournament in scoring? I think he was I tied think... with Coolidge. Uh, with I don't Coolidge? think he got, yeah, I think they both finished with 12. I, I could be wrong. Okay. But... Okay. Yeah. So, you know, 
typically they give it what what I like the the fact is that they gave Hudson a spot. Mm-hmm. Normally it's just oh whoever the top scoring defensemen are, they don't even really uh you know, and Hudson didn't produce like most thought he would. Like people thought that he'd have 20 points maybe in this tournament. It was all this talk, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was fine. He had six or seven points. But what stood out and for him and what surprised a lot of people was just how well he played defensively. Yep. He was out there in every defensive situation. Uh, the six on four uh, in the semifinal, he was one of the two guys out there. You know, the knock's always been his defense, and uh, he keeps proving it time and time again that that's not, that's not something that's a big issue with him. He's just so smart, uh, gets position. He's very competitive, too. Like, he mm-hmm. doesn't get out-muscled that often, uh, despite him being 160 pounds soaking wet, you know? So uh, um, I think I mentioned the other day, too, he's got a lot with uh, – Matt, that he's his wingspan for his height is like 62 or 63 inches. He's got very long limbs, and you can see out there that he gets to a lot of pucks that a smaller defenseman not, doesn't normally get to because he's got a longer stick than you know, he's probably probably up to here or something. Howie Meeker would have had a uh, that, that's before your time, but how you yourself there. Yeah, you had to have the puck. You had to have the stick here, right? That was one of Howie's, uh, Howie's basic hockey skills. Up, uh, or the uh, stick had to be cut off here so that you could stick handle. Lane doesn't have it. Uh, it it's, you know, it, it goes up to here for sure on a lane. But uh, no, he he's got a great stick, great defend, uh, great positioning, reads the play extremely well. Very smart and competitive. And I I liked his I liked the choice of I didn't think that they would end up picking him but they did and I was impressed by that mm-hmm. I think for for Hudson the thing is coming into this tournament we all knew his offensive capabilities those are very obvious anytime you watch him and to Grant's point this was Hudson's say you know what I'm not just an offenseman I'm not just a rover I am a complete two-way defenseman, you can put me out there in any situation, and I'm going to thrive not just in their end, but guess what? I'm going to shut their ass down too. And he's not hes not soft. I loved it when that guy went after him at the end. And what does Hudson do? He looks up looks up at him at the sky and just goes right back at him and puts yeah. him to the ice. And that's the kind of guy that I'm not a, I'm not a big fan generally of small players but that's the kind of guy that i have all the time in the world for because he brings he doesn't play small he doesn't act small he doesn't have a small he doesn't have a small heart or a small personality and there's nothing that will stop a guy like that from finding a way to contribute and to be effective at whatever level he he ends up at um you can't say enough good things because it is tough for a small guy. You get these big, massive, skilled forwards coming at you, and unless you can defend incredibly well with your body positioning and with your stick, you've got no chance. And he does both those things extremely, extremely well. And he he showed here, and I think the people that know him well always knew that he had an all-around game to him, but he showed the hockey world as a whole, I think, in this tournament that he can put out he can be put out there and trusted by the coach in any situation and be a plus asset for your team. 
Well, he's been doing it the last two years in Boston. Mm-hmm. They stick him out in every situation on PK, uh, end of games, playing 30 minutes a game. But that's not the world stage, right? This was the world stage, and uh, he opened a lot of eyes by, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are going to, we're finally going to stop hearing, oh, well, he's not going to be able to play uh, top top four role because he can't play even strength because of his defense. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he, uh, I think he officially put that to, to rest at this tournament. And uh, I'm, I'm more confident than ever that he will be a, an NHLer and a, uh, and a very good one. I agree. I agree. And, and Habs fans should be pretty excited. Even, even Jacob Fowler only playing three games, but three solid games and, and three victories for him. Owen Beck finishes the tournament with the highest uh, face-off win percentage. So there's that. Philip Meshar, heck of a tournament. Uh, it was like nine points or something like that. Very surprising, but again, a great... Not Maybe not that surprising, though, because he is a first-round pick, and he was playing like one. Yeah. Uh, so Habs fans, yeah. I think, are very happy. <laughs> Rocco, as you mentioned, throw, Buffalo throw, fans are definitely very happy as well. What's that? Throw a, bo- throw a bone to uh, Sens fan uh, Rocco there. Uh, Thomas Hamera with the big goal tonight, today. So. <laughs> hey, certainly. I think, I think you need it, yeah. <laughs> you need any kind of bone. Yeah. Oh, we'll, man. We'll, this, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take that's it. it. That's it. The Sens <laughs> can take any bone right now. Oh, boy. Uh, no comment on that. We 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 are a prospect. You, you just get, you just give them time. Jacques and Alfie here. Give them more than a couple weeks. They're going to fix this group right up. They've got all the talent in the world in that in that dressing room. They've they've built a good young core. They'll get the most out of them. Like these these are young kids. They're mostly under twenty five. Sorry, you just got my my internal. Yeah. Now now I feel the Let's need do to. It. Defend- to, to you don't defend. want to fix them too fast, there, Rocco. You, <laughs> oh, you no, want no, and that's, and that's cool. they're, they're young. They they got they got to learn. They got a lot to learn, but they'll they'll get there. Mm-hmm. They got the right team in place now, and th- this yeah. year might be a, might be a write off. But I've I've got faith. Well, you don't Listen. like I say, you don't want to fix yeah. them too quick because there's a Celebrini <laughs> uh, at the you know in the cookie jar if they if they keep it up. No, and that's I, although I don't know. You hope you hope that's a, a low percentage lottery win. I don't, you don't want him. Fi- I wouldn't. I wouldn't choose him to finish bottom three, Celebrini or not. I don't think that'd be very good for the for them as a whole. But true. Who well, knows? Maybe 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 they they go on their classic second half of the year run and finish in the tenth or eleventh or twelfth draft position and win the lottery. Well, hey, I'm I, I got I got two I got two Ottawa players on my fantasy team, so I'm banking on it. I do I do hope it happens. Uh, Josh Norris and Thomas Shabbat, if you're watching, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> they have, they have you. no problem. They have no problem helping your fantasy team. There They're, you go. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, guys, that'll do it. That wraps up the 2023-24 World Juniors and our show. We thank you for tuning in. Again, we'll be back next year, and it's in Ottawa, and we happen to have a couple of guys who live in the area, so it'll be even better. Uh, but uh, thank you for tuning in. Go check out recruits.ca, as always, for these two guys' work. Lots of good stuff there. As always, like you saw, hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment, let us know what you thought. And we w- oh, 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 hold on, hold on. That's right. We're releasing the podcast with Andre Tourigny very soon. I can tease that because it's done. We've done it. All right. It's coming. So keep an eye out on that and let's wrap it up. Take care guys. Have a good one. See you soon.
And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast Recruits Draftcast on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.